you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. If you've seen me scurrying around here just a moment ago, I'm sorry if I distracted anybody. I have misplaced my keys and uh, have no idea where they are. And so, anyway, if you see keys that you think might be mine, please talk to me after church because I would love to know where I dropped those. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, we'll begin there in just a moment. We're talking about time this morning. Terrence, do you have the time? Ten till eleven. Is there a particular time that y'all would like for me to land the plane this morning? <laughs> now would be good, you're thinking, right? <laughs> you can give me about 25 minutes, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Uh, we'll be good. Time. I want you to think about that this morning. Get that in your mind. And while you're thinking about time, I want you to realize this. God is eternal and in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1 he tells us about the creation of time when he writes this in verse 3 he says let there be light and there was light and God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness and he called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day and then you continue to uh, go through Genesis there in verse cha chapter 1 of verse 26 as he's talking about how we should use our time in the account of creation. He created people and he said this, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God created us to have a special relationship with him and even says and I'm gonna put you in charge of my creation now I want so God created time okay get that in your mind and now I want you to realize this not only did God create time but he also acted at just the right time in Galatians chapter 4 Paul says this when the set time had fully come God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Boy, we sit here this morning, and aren't we glad that at just the right time, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for who? For me, for you, for us, for the whole world. And then Paul says, and he set that time in place where he is now coming back, to redeem us, to buy us back. Redemption is a wonderful thing, isn't it, church? We have been bought back from God. There's an old saying about the blessings that God gives us. It says this, The time that God gives to us to walk this earth is God's gift to us. And so this morning as we talk about time and as we look at some scripture about time, I want you to think about the question that you see before you this morning. What are you doing with the gift of time? Ecclesiastes reminds us there's a time for everything. It says there's a time to be born and a time 
to die. And typically what we see as we stroll through a cemetery on a grave marker, you'll see one's birth and one's death, and in between that, you'll see a little dash. What does that dash represent? That dash represents our time, doesn't it? It represents how we spend our time here on earth that God gives to us. Then in Haggai, reminds us we need to use some time for God's purposes before we satisfy our own. Matthew 25, Jesus says we're going to be judged on whether we used some of our time to help those that are in need. And so, last week, as we talked about spiritual gifts, here's one thing that I want you to think about. It's one thing to have a spiritual gift, but yet it's quite another to allocate the time and the hours to use that gift regularly for others and for the glory of God. So you have this gift or you have gifts that God has given you. So what are you doing with that gift? Because what we learned last week is that gift is given to you not for yourself but for the benefit of who, church? For the benefit of other people, for the benefit of the body. So what are you doing and how are you using the time with the gifts that God has given you to bless not only somebody else, but to be blessed for the glory of God? I love what Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And he says, the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. But here's the thing that we're tempted with every day. And I want you to look at it in this term. Temporary satisfaction versus eternal difference. And so you have this time, and we've all got the same amount of time, right? But you have all this time, and so do you use that time on things that will satisfy you right now? Or do you use that time in ways that will make a difference eternally? So I want you to just think about the way you use your time for a moment. I mean, here's a good way to think about it. How did you use your time this last week? Did you use that mostly on things that will bring satisfaction to you? Now think about it. Man, I mean, we, we do things every day, and we live our lives in such a way daily that we, we, we're satisfied, right? And then there's other times that we do things and we're not satisfied with that. But the point is, are you doing things and are you spending more time on things that are just temporarily going to satisfy or are you spending that time in things that will make a difference for the glory of God? That will make a difference not just in the here and now but a difference for eternity. Again, what do you do with the use of God's time that He's given you? I want you to think about it in these two ways and I typically don't do this a lot in my preaching but I want to give you two Greek words this morning 
that I think are very important in the Greek language. There's two particular words used for time, and if we understand them, we, have, we can understand the ways that we can use this gift in a better way. One of those is chronos. Say that with me. Chronos. That's the kind of time that is used for sequential or, here's the word, chronological time. You see it in minutes, you see it in seconds, you can view that in clocks and in calendars. I mean, it's chronos time. Another word is kairos. Say that with me. That's the kind of time that there's a window of time. Or another way to look at that is there's an opportune time or there's a right time. I like to look at that as that's a time of a door of opportunity that God opens up. What do you do with that? Okay? All of us in this room have had those moments where opportunity comes knocking, doors are opened up, and we have to decide, do I go through this door? Is this a door that God is opening up for me, or do I just continue to do what I'm doing? We have to make that decision of what's best, and we call that kairos timing. So, here's the problem or the challenge we face. We don't always operate on kairos time. You think about it. We fill our calendars with one task or event or meeting after another, and then before you know it, what happens? Man, it's full. And because we do that, we often miss kairos moments. And so think about it this way. We only have so much chronos time, we have fewer kairos moments. A lady that I love dearly in this church, that everybody loves dearly, Naomi Bassett. Is Naomi here this morning? Where is Naomi? Naomi, I'm going to pick on you for a little bit, and I'm going to use you for an example, okay? So I was visiting with Naomi here recently. I was in her house, and I noticed on her table off of her kitchen there in the dining room, she had it, I mean, it was so organized, so neat. I know you're shocked by that, right? She had a calendar out, and she said, Patrick, come over here and sit down at the table with me for a moment, and I want to show you what I do. And so she has her calendar out, and then she had a piece of paper typed out with the forecast for the week. I mean, the highs and the lows, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I mean, I look at that on my phone to see what the temperature is going to be, right? But I've never thought about typing it out and, you know, having that out before me for the week. So I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty neat. And so on her calendar, I notice all these things written down. Then I notice all these cards. You know Naomi has the gift of encouragement, and she sends a lot of cards. Birthday, anniversary, whatever special day it is, you're probably going to get a card from Naomi, okay? But here's what she said that day that has stuck with me. On her calendar, she said, here are all the things that I know that I have to do that I must do in a given day. And then I know how many hours I have left, now listen to this, 
to do for somebody else. In other words, here's the time that I have left, not in that week, but every day of that week, to give my life away to somebody else. I told her, I said, I wish everybody could come sit at your table for five minutes and look at how you use your time. That's a gift. And I visited with her when she was in the hospital here recently. You know what she was doing? She had her Bible out. And not only did she have her Bible, but she had the piece of paper out that she got a, a year ago. Then we passed these out if you wanted to read the Bible through in a year. And she had that setting there, and she had circled or checked where she was on that day. And I left and I thought, you know, I'm not sure if I was laying in a hospital bed, I'm not sure that I would remember to have my Bible out and my daily Bible reading schedule with me. That's an example. Naomi, thank you for a godly life. Give that lady a hand to glory for God for a servant like that. And when you do that, you're not clapping for her. You're clapping for the way that God has used her and the way that God continues to use her with a special gift and that gift of time that she has learned how to use very wisely. And so God gives us instructions on how to use the chronos time that we have each day and how to fully grasp or take hold of those kairos moments that God gives to us as well. Look at your passage in Ephesians chapter 5. Paul uses a word in this section that he'll use seven times. And here's the seventh time that he uses it. And some of your version will use the word walk. Okay? He uses that word seven times. This is the last of the seven. But I think it's critical about what Paul is trying to get us in our minds to understand. And so he comes down to verse 15 and he says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And then he says in verse 17, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Be careful how you live. Be careful how you walk. Because the days are evil. And Paul says, you have this time you have this ability that God has blessed you with. You have opportunity to use that. Now, how will it work out for you? Will you spend it wisely? And as you do that, and as you're keeping in step with the Spirit and keeping in step with the way that God has directed our paths and wants us to live, we will have a better and even a clearer understanding of what God's will is for our life. And at the end of the day, what really matters most is this, church. Am I living inside the will of God? Am I living inside the will of God? And how you 
Use that time that God has given you makes an eternal difference. And so when you look through the gospel story and you look at the new life that Jesus brings to us, and then you kind of step away from that for a moment, you begin to realize not only has he ushered in a new kingdom and a new way of life, but with that comes priorities of how we view the gift of time. And so I want you to think about it in these terms for a moment. Why else would anyone else want to spend their day off helping a widow down the street with repairs on their house? If you're just a regular old person, you're probably going to think of something else to do with your time, right? Living the Jesus way says you value times like that because it's you giving your life away to somebody else or what about giving up some time to go to a school and to read to a child and maybe not just any child but maybe you've been asked to read and to spend some time mentoring somebody who is at risk somebody who's kind of down somebody who needs a lot of encouragement you ask our teachers our kids need a lot of encouragement don't they teachers they need that role model they need that godly man and woman to come and to help them realize you are somebody special because God loves you and there's so many children that are coming to our schools and so many children that may even come here to our church and they haven't been raised they don't know what it's like to come to church with a mom and a dad I've told you this story before when I first started in ministry in Haskell Texas we had a bus ministry and I remember us going by and picking up these little children. I'm talking four and five years old that would get dressed, that would have their Bibles, that would have their little suits on, that woke themselves up, ate breakfast on their own, and came to church by themselves. They were waiting for the bus to come by and for the horn to honk and for that grandparent figure to step off that bus and to go pick them up at the door at four years old but that was something that those children looked forward to and I'm still in my mind I can see them sitting in church on rows with some of our grandparents that loved them that adopted them that would give anything for them you know why because they were investing their time with a difference that is made eternally not just something that brings satisfaction for right there and right now but something that will last with them forever more and so when you live the Jesus way there's something within your heart that says go give yourself away to somebody else and if that means spending some time during that week at a school with some children I encourage you to think about that. 
those other moments where somebody may be wanting to go to lunch with you or just spend some time with you, and you never know what they may want to be doing is to pick your brain and talk to you about God. Are you capturing those moments? How many times in a given day, not a week, but a given day, do we look at somebody, even our own family members, and say, well, I don't have time to do that right now. Or I don't have time for that. And how many of those times do we say that and those are Kairos moments? And we just say, I don't have time for that. Do you? We all have the same amount of time. But what we do with it and how we use it says it all. And how we use it may just help determine, again, is it temporary satisfaction or is it eternal difference? Kronos says, I want it now. Kairos says, what can I do in this moment, on this day, in this stage of life to allow God to work through me? And you know why it says that? Because it's a door of opportunity that is opened before you. What do you do with it? Do you see it as a gift of God? And don't see it as a way of, I'm going to take advantage of this and go through that. See it as a door of opportunity and a door of blessing because that's the way that God works. He wants to work in your life where you can use your time and you can give back your time to be a blessing to somebody else. How do you use that? I want to give you two things to do this week to be a good steward of your time. First of all, be aware of those Kairos moments. And I'm going to say it like this. Allow God to use the interruptions in your life. And what I mean by that. Something may come up that's not on your to-do list. Something may come up that's not on your little um, sticky note, post-it notes. Those are interruptions, we call them. It may just be a door comes knocking and this is what God wants you to do. And that's a moment where you have to decide, huh, so do I put this aside and... Use this, again, temporary satisfaction versus eternal difference. Don't see it as an interruption as much as just an opportunity. What do you do with it? Number two, don't be afraid to wait. Is there something you're waiting for? Is there something you're anxious for? Is there something you can't wait to happen or some news you're afraid to hear, let God work in that time of waiting. Let God work all the time, yes. But in that time of waiting, be still and know that God will work. Be still and know that God will be God. So what, do you, what will you do? with that gift of time. Parents, grandparents, you only have a limited amount of time. 
to spend with your children and grandchildren to influence them for the cause of Christ. Don't say, well, I'll, I'll work on that tomorrow or I can, I'll try to focus on that next week. Use every opportunity that God has given you to be with your kids and to love them. And to take advantage, opportunities of those teachable moments with other people. Use it. I don't know how God may be working in your life this morning. But I do know this. He will work. He will work. Will you be open? Will your eyes be open and your heart be open to hearing what he's going to lay before you? And when that door opens, or whatever it is, will you see it as this is a gift from God? How can I not just go through it, but how can I use this time with this gift to bring glory to God? Think about that this morning. Mark's going to come and lead us in a song. Maybe it's time for some to walk down these aisles or to talk to somebody this morning about a relationship with Christ. Maybe you've been putting that off. Some are here this morning and need to be baptized so your sins can be forgiven, so His Spirit can come and live inside of you. Use that time. Maybe, he's, maybe you need prayers. I don't know what it is. But let God work. And trust Him every moment of every day. Let's stand as we sing this song this morning.